0: Handle on the news. Handle on the news. I noticed that Bill Handle yesterday with fake tears. I'm going to ask him who is his acting coach because uh, I know him very well. And now here's Bill Handel.
1: KFI Handle here on a mo- momentous Wednesday. I mean, we always start the show with big news. Uh, Man, uh, it, this is big, big news, certainly geopolitically uh, coming up, and uh, there is so much to talk about. And all I have to do this morning is focus and not zone out on uh, the shows. Then I have to do that every morning. Today, more than others. I don't know why I just said that. All right, uh, quick hello to everybody. Jennifer Jones-Lee. Hi, handle. Morning, and then there's Wayne Resnick. Good morning. Alex, we are just talking about the show and how uh, we put it together. Alex is in the middle of her learning curve. And then there's uh, John Ramirez, Mr. Alterboy extraordinaire. Married. Mar- oh, yeah, that's right. Married. Married
2: also. in the eyes of the state, but not in the eyes of the Lord yet. That's right. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, all right. You're not getting a wedding present from the Lord. Uh, quite yet. Not yet. Um, not, till not, the, uh, yet. not till the although, second wedding. Although we can church.
1: argue he already, or he already has a wedding present from the Lord in his wife. And in the Lord Jesus Christ who
2: died for his sins also. Who? Almost. The Lord Jesus Christ who died for John's oh, sins.
1: we refer him as that guy whenever we do religious services. You know, the guy over there, you know, the nails, you know, just has, you <laughs> no. know, one of the, the four. Oh, boy. The 14th step was the hardware store. Am oh. I, I can't say that.
2: <laughs> no, you can say it.
1: Okay, Jennifer is... Where's the lightning strike? I know, there's... I'm moving away from you. There's Jennifer mouth agape. Okay, we have some very big breaking news. I mean, huge that just happened. Jennifer, you want to share?
3: About not even 20 minutes ago, President Trump says North Korea has released three American prisoners who are on their way back with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Trump says the three American men seem to be in good health. I've actually seen video of North Korean soldiers taking one of the prisoners into that room, uh, into kind of a meeting room area where I guess the exchange will take place. He looked fine. Uh, They'll arrive at Andrews Air Force Base later tonight. The ETA is about 2 this morning. Trump says he will be there to greet the returning prisoners. You knew. You knew something was going to happen because last night when I saw Mike Pompeo was in North Korea. This is his second time in just a few weeks. So two things. One thing I thought, well, that means that the North Korean talks must be a go and things must be better and he's over there negotiating. And they're working it out, the details. But the thing I thought was strange, he took reporters. So I thought something's coming out of this. Some news is coming out of this and then boom, this happens this
1: morning. And again, what that does is uh, I think it undermines the argument that it's Kim Jong-un who is just playing all this to negotiate. Kim Jong-un is coming to the table. Yes, he so is. So far, the only thing that the United States has said is Trump will meet. In the meantime, look what Kim Jong-un has done. Uh, the ballistic missile program stopped all the testing. Now they say, well, he doesn't have to test Brian Sutzlaga, okay. he doesn't have to. It doesn't matter. He kept on, he could have kept on going for political purposes. He has come, and this one, there was even an argument as to whether Kim was going to release the prisoners at all during this uh, during this go-round.
3: And remember, the, the president was getting criticized because they said he hasn't even mentioned those three yeah. Americans who were over there as any part of the negotiations that he plans to talk with Kim about. Uh, it, what, well,
1: a, what a coup for the president. Now we
3: know this was and, going on behind
1: the scenes. And Kim Jong-un is helping the president here. Man, these two are... Uh, this is not going to be Rocket Man. And if it is Rocket Man, it's going to be uh, in – he's simply a little bit better than Elon Musk when it comes to rockets. You watch what Trump <laughs> is going to say. Also, the fact that uh, the three prisoners, the, the Korean-American prisoners, are have been treated so well and are in such good shape. Because usually when people go to these uh, prison camps in North Korea, it is not fun. They it, The whole time it was anticipated that they were going to be returned and they were pawns. No question about it. So anyways, it's moving ahead. All right, let's move on uh, with uh, more. And the big news that came down yesterday, although it was not particularly unexpected, is Trump did pull out, pull us out of the Iran nuclear deal. I heard from yesterday, I don't, remember, I don't remember who I was talking to, saying that Trump doesn't even really understand the nuclear deal. He doesn't know what the provisions are. But a president doesn't have to because we're talking big picture. And where you. And the big picture is <clears throat> it's not a permanent bar against one. Iran going for a bomb. And uh, issue number two, oh boy, we're going to talk about this at seven o'clock. Uh, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have the impact, the world impact that we thought it was going to have or that it was anticipated it was going to have. And does, it may not mean a whole lot. It may not mean a whole lot, even if it stays in place. And I'll talk more about that at seven o'clock. It's not as big a deal. As we thought a couple days ago or even yesterday, I mean, just the utter shock, even though it was anticipated, it was the cold water uh, in the face. Oh, my God, we're out of the deal. And so it has to do, and I'll I'll explain a little bit later on, why when the Europeans say, well, that destroys the credibility of the United States, you've heard the detractors say, now, uh, why would Kim Jong-un sit down with us and negotiate in the first place, knowing that we could abrogate agreements? He will He can, and the abrogation agreement, I think, falls, and I'll explain why at 7 o'clock, even though at first glance, well, the United States isn't holding up to its deal, why that doesn't particularly matter in this case. That argument doesn't fly, and we'll do that at 7 o'clock. Tease, 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 tease again. And more teasing. More teasing, yeah. All right. We're going to come back and uh, get into more handle on the news. Uh, big time. Uh, and when we come oh,
0: oh,
1: oh, KFI handle here on a momentous Wednesday. Uh, the news is just broken. The three prisoners in North Korea have been released. Uh, we're going to talk about the Korean deal coming up. But first here's your chance to win some cash.
0: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200.
2: If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Angela in San Clemente did, and she won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m.
1: All right, back we go. More Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And you knew there'd be some sort of retaliation
3: when it came to the U.S. pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal. Israel says, well, we're on high alert.
1: Yep, and there's a reason for that. Because uh, that part of the world seems to think whenever there's a problem, uh, let's attack Israel. That's what happened during uh, the first Gulf War. Uh, Israel stayed out of it. They said we're staying out of it. The United States told Israel to stay out of it. Israel did let the world know it did. And what's the first thing that happened after the United States invaded? The Scud missiles went into Israel. And the United States told Israel, don't respond. Let me tell you how easy that was for Israel not to respond. When in doubt, attack Israel. When there's a UN resolution, for example, on global warming, let's throw in an attack on Israel at the same time. Why not? Uh, So... You know, that's when they're prepared for it. And I'm sure President Trump declares sanctions. Well, let's attack Israel. We'll see if that happens. I doubt it. But uh, that's it's almost a default. It's a knee jerk reaction. To that part of the world.
2: Because they're our proxy over there. Oh, yeah. They're viewed as our proxy. Yeah. Uh, Well, if what happened in the Iranian parliament is any indication, Israel's going to be fine because they were all chanting death to America.
1: And they also had a paper U.S. flag and burned that. Okay, two, two more things about Iranians. I love this. Is there's two given. When in doubt, attack Israel. And number two, death to America is the chant. That is their religious chant is uh, Akbar, Akbar Allah, but I'm talking about Ak- Ak- Akubar or Akbar. Yeah. Ottawa- Akbar? It's Akbar, Ottawa- right, Akbar. where uh, Robin Williams lives in Akbar? Uh, it's one of those.
2: I don't think he's part of
1: this. Uh, anyway, uh, this is an analysis, okay? Uh, and uh, so that's at the mosque. You know, Allah is the one. That's one. And then Death to America is number two. National holidays, uh, the entire The entire. Uh, country goes death to america screaming at these huge rallies when pearl harbor day they celebrate as a national holiday in iran death to america when we lost the war of 1812 that's a death to america celebration when the hostages were taken that's a death to america celebration when treaties are cut that's a death to america donald trump's absolutely right when he said this is what we're dealing with we're dealing with a country that every time they respond, you got 400,000 people in that main square in Tehran screaming death to America. What do you do with that?
2: And this is worse in a way because these were the lawmakers inside the oh, park. It would be like Congress all of a sudden burning a Mexican flag and saying death to Mexico over immigration policy. Crazy.
3: Well, Handel, your folks and friends at Sunlux are gonna be very happy about this next story. Oh yeah. yeah
0: I've been born.
3: Whether you want solar panels on your house or not, by the year 2020, if you buy a home in 2020, you might get solar panels whether you like it or not. And I have a feeling this is going to pass today.
1: Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to pass. By 2020, all new homes have to have solar panels. Now, a couple things about that. There are plenty of exemptions on this. For example, if uh, it's not feasible uh, for years I couldn't do solar one of the reasons was the cost and the other one the way my roof works uh, I just couldn't do it And we figured out a way to do it on the hillside finally the city let us do it and uh, also it's not that big a deal you know why 81% of new homes already have solar the builders have anticipated this because people want solar and as I talk about my Sunlex commercial it pans out now even with the, thank you very much, even with the extra money that it costs in terms of, I talk about payback, when it is all paid back, now it has reduced to, and of course, just overall, uh, we're talking, what, $80 to costing $40, a matter of seven, eight years at the outside, it pays for itself. That's not a commercial. Now, if I were to say the Sunlux payback period, that's a commercial. All right, let's just move on. Be a good idea. I'll be doing more on this story, by the way.
3: Seven twenty with Chris and Carla.
1: No, no, we've moved everything around, but that's oh, okay. Don't worry just about kidding. It. Yeah.
2: Well, the proposal to split California into three states apparently has enough signatures to get on the ballot in November.
0: They'll never split us. It's
2: called Cal Three, never and uh, the guy behind it. Announced, uh, Tim Draper, he said he, they have more than 600,000 signatures, and they only needed 365,880. Uh, yep. Now, so the, 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 the they'll still happen. have to go through all the signatures yeah. and verify them. And, and then it goes to for Congress. For something wacky like this, I wonder if there's a higher percentage of, of invalid signatures Yeah, from probably. People. It's
1: not going to happen. Even if it does pass, Congress is not going to let it pass. When All of a sudden, we're going to have 53 states. That's crazy. So we've got California, which is us. LA, Ventura, Santa Barbara, San Luis, Obispo, Monterey, San Benito, canny, where this hell is San Benito, that's so important. Southern California, south of us, San Diego, Orange, and then the rest of it. Uh, and Northern California, man, that is actually uh the name of the new state, Northern California, okay. comma, man, or dude, either one interchangeable, and that's all the marijuana land up there, but also including the Bay Area. But like, so that's people- illegal. So that's all illegal aliens. Uh, cultivating and picking the grass. Like the people in Redding are going to go, totally, we
3: want to be lumped in with the people in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that happen.
1: Yeah, none of this is going to happen. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, do more of Handle on the news and the big breaking stories. The three uh, Korean-Americans have been released. From- take my hand in
4: the middle of a Pull
1: me close, show me handle Handel here, and uh, good morning to you. A uh, lot of big news today. Yesterday, of course, uh, the uh, announcement the Iran nuclear deal is off. As far as the United States is concerned, we're gone. And uh, this morning, just a few minutes ago, the three American prisoners that were in North Korea have been released. And I'll do more about that, as a matter of fact, at 7 o'clock. And, uh, and then later on, I'll do the Iran nuclear deal. Can you imagine? We're... Oh, scrambling this morning because there's so much going on. All right, more handle on the news. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, but first, Wayne, an announcement, which yes. is far more important than, than Iran or <laughs> Kim Jong-un or even the prisoners. Please share with us. Well, it's a pretty good news.
2: opportunity. Donate now to help the American Red Cross initiative to get prepared California and in October of this year, you and a guest will mix and mingle with the whole KFI crew. It's an exclusive evening at the OUE Sky Space in Los Angeles. There'll be cocktails, appetizers, meet everybody, live Q&A, photo opportunities, all 1,000 feet above the city. You have to be 21 years or older to attend. Limited tickets. You want to get them before they're gone. For all the details, log on to KFIAM640.com,
1: keyword mixer. How much trouble do you think I get in for uh, making fun of everything on this show, huh? All right. uh, Back we go. More Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me.
3: And a question. Did the East Area Rapist have an accomplice?
1: Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jen. Well, no.
3: So here's what I was going to say. So here's the deal. The, The There are two things or a couple of instances where the lead detective in the case, who is the guy who sort of traced up the family tree and, you know, ended up with the DNA that and that got us to Joe D'Angelo in the first place here. He says that there are a couple of victims who have stories about their encounter with the East Bay uh, East Area Rapist who say, here's why one case somebody heard him say, take this to the car in another case one of the victims heard the rapist speaking to somebody outside.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't matter. They're am going to catch him. Uh, number two, there's nothing D'Angelo could ever say in terms of helping himself out uh, by, what's he going to say? Uh, give me a better deal. Yeah, uh, I'll give up a guy who helped me a couple of times. Yeah.
3: Would he roll over just
1: because? No, maybe, no. Just
2: no. Cause? no, and they would, and the prosecutor, you know, if he said, I'll, I'll give up the guy who helped me a few times, they'd say, we don't care. That's right. At this point. Uh, hey, one of the guys trying to get his hands on Charles Manson's estate is giving up for now. I mean? I'm no Michael Brunner uh, claims to be Charles Manson's son, and he is now asking for his bid to administer the estate to be dismissed, although dismissed without prejudice Leaving open the door that he could come back at a later time, right to yeah. refile. But for now, he doesn't want to pursue it. And now there's three other right. And that's the only issue with or without to do
1: Yeah, the judge is going to say, "Hey, you give it up, you're done." That's probably what's going to happen. She'll say, "I will dismiss it, but I will." With but pre- if you want me to, yeah, it's with prejudice, I don't want to hear from you again. That's going to be the only issue. I can't. What are they going to do? The judge is going to say, "No, you have to stay in. You have to yeah. go forward. You can't do that." And nobody knows why. Yeah, he wanted. He doesn't want the money anymore. Here's it. Right? Here's a, here's yeah. a death.
3: Well, former it was uh, former Governor George Duke Majan who died yesterday at the age of 89.
1: And that would have been big news yesterday. Well, and I don't it know. Just, it, it just disappeared.
3: Well, it did. The only—I um, first heard about it last night when I turned on the gubernatorial debate, and that they had a moment of silence right at the beginning for the governor.
1: Which was by far the most important part of the debate. You know that. That, had, that was the most relevant part of the entire debate. D-
3: yes. Not to go off on that, but every single thing that every person on that stage last night said was so canned and staged. Oh, of course, and, uh, it was. It was kind of disgusting to watch. Honestly, it, it,
1: it, it's just insane. Anyway, Dumasian, uh Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have too many Republican governors. It'll ne- that'll never happen again. Uh, two terms uh, from 1982, we went right to uh, 1986. No, actually, it's uh, 82 one? and 86. 82 yeah. and 86, right? Oh. All right.
2: Well. Remember when uh Mayor Garcetti wouldn't tell us the names of the finalists for a new l a p d chief? Well, the names are out yep They're all veterans of the l a p d although one guy left uh like last right. year to go be the chief in San Francisco, but he spent a lot of time right. here. You have Robert Arcos, he's a third generation mexican American. He's in charge of the central bureau. Michael Moore. Uh, and then this guy, Bill Scott, who's African-American, he's a guy who went up to be the police right. chief in San Francisco. He so wants we have, to come
1: back. So we have diversity, diversity. Okay? Except you no have, women. You have no you have women. No women. So there should, have been, there should have been a fourth. But you have a Latino. You have uh, a member of, uh, of AA, African-American. And you have a white a, guy. No. Then you, then you have a swig. Uh, just your standard white guy. Oh, I see. Okay. SWG. Uh, so those that one for of the, diversity, huh? There
2: was a woman who was considered a real front-runner, Assistant Chief uh, Beatrice Germala. She didn't apply.
1: So if there what
2: no- is she, she What does she know that these three dudes don't know yeah. about well, they, maybe it's not the job you want right now? And here's
1: the question. If it turns out that the white guy, uh, who is uh, not Scott, but... Uh, Moore. Moore. Michael Moore. Uh, he, he oversees the entire
2: yeah. department's so patrol operations. If
1: it turns out to be more And for legitimate reasons, because uh, the uh, commission feels this is the most qualified, yada, yada, yada. What kind of a backlash is going to happen that another white guy becomes a chief? A lot. Yeah.
2: And there's never been a Latino police chief, even though uh, the city is almost 50 percent. We did
1: have a black police chief, uh, a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, Bernard Parks. And Willie Williams. Uh, Bernard Parks. Willie remember?
2: Williams was a guy who liked to go to casinos, yeah. right? U- yeah.
1: Universally hated by everybody, Willie Williams. Never been a police officer. He was a park ranger. Uh, he was. And he came in and couldn't pass the post exam. He could not pass the exam so he could carry a weapon. He had to have a concealed weapons permit given by the county of Los Angeles to carry a weapon. The police chief of the city of You're Los kidding. Angeles. Swear to God. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And the officers hated, hated him, him, too. He hated hated I him. I knew that part, but I didn't know the gun part. Is that oh amazing? Oh, my
3: gosh. That's crazy. Well, the woman who decided not to apply for the job last night uh, or yesterday, this is probably her going, See, that's why I didn't apply. There's
1: your tease. I'll
3: tell you what happened
1: coming up. Oh, good for you. Right? Good tease. Thank All you. right. We'll be back and finish up Handle on the news. And, uh, oh, no, we do the money thing at the other time. All right. Uh, Jennifer Jones, Lee. I
0: walk alone, I walk up. My shadow's only one that walks beside me. My
1: shadows. I see KFI Handel here, and uh, good morning on a uh, Wednesday. Boy, what a couple of days of news. Uh, the breaking story just happened uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half ago. The three Americans have been released from North Korea. Uh, which ties right into the negotiations between the United States, that is, Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. Do you think that when
2: the president first brought this up, they already had a deal in principle for them? I think them to, so. like he, In other words, he didn't say, yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about this. It could happen. He knew it was going to happen it was. anyway. I
1: think that was the first low-level discussions. And I think uh, that and that they knew, I believe, uh, that United States knew these guys were being take, well taken care of. This is not Otto Warmbier, uh, which was a disaster for North Korea. Well, just inhumane. What North Korea did with auto warm beer is just depraved and just – it just doesn't make any sense. It does for them. Uh, they moved into a different uh, – just a whole different mode. It's let's sit down with the United States. Now, the motive is really interesting is why Kim Jong-un would do it. That we're going to have to sit down and the experts are going to figure out. And there's probably many different motives. And uh, that will pan out, probably, if we ever find out, uh, because Kim Jong-un, very inscrutable. We'll know a lot after
2: he and the president meet, because how that goes. Uh,
1: That's correct.
3: Okay. All right, let's move on, shall we? Okay, so we were talking about, we now know the three names of the three men who are applying to be the new police chief, but there was one woman who ended up not applying, and she this morning is probably going, See, this is exactly why I didn't apply.
0: Be careful of stones that you throw.
3: Wasn't necessarily stones, but... It might have been human ashes that were thrown at Chief Charlie Beck during the L.A. Police Commission meeting yesterday.
1: Yeah, one of the women, uh, Melina Abdullah, Cal State L.A. professor and a Black Lives Matter organizer. See, professors can do anything they want because they have tenure. They can throw things. They can take, what, human ashes, which I can't believe that's, uh, you know, what person is going to volunteer and go, you can take my ashes and throw it at the police chief?
3: Well, here's the deal. Maybe
1: there's plenty out there. Maybe I've got it wrong.
3: Well, this this woman in particular, it was her niece who died in police custody back in 2016 where the police said the niece hanged herself. Right. But then the family said, hey, look, we got a settlement from the city, even though the police said that she hanged herself. But they
1: had a settlement for almost nothing. They settled for, what, $300,000. When you think about wrongful death of someone in police custody, to settle for $300,000 is effectively a nuisance settlement. Uh, that's what it is. Aren't
3: they saying though now, and I, I might be wrong on this, but aren't they saying now that there was an officer who was fired or let go right after the incident that the attorney, when the family settled, did not know about. And aren't they going to try and bring the case back up or something saying they would have asked for more money or they would have tried to settle I think or something
1: like that? Unless it's fraud in the inducement. Uh, then like a, that was kept out. Yeah. Then the settlement, then the settlement could be set aside. Uh, but it's it's a long way to go for that one. It really is
3: well, this woman was yelling something like "This is Wakisha," and that was the woman's name who died in custody yeah. so that's why they're wondering if these were the ashes.
2: Uh, Senator Orrin Hatch has announced the protect and serve Act would make it basically a hate crime to target law enforcement, kind
1: of which makes all the sense in the world to me because tell me that when you attack a cop. If you can, uh, well, it's a question of proving it, too. Uh, If you think it's a cop, even if it's uh, someone who is not a police officer, if you think it's a police officer and or you're actually attacking a police officer, uh, that is an enhanced crime. And it should be. It should be. Because the death penalty, for example, that's a special circumstance. If you shoot a cop, as opposed, if I shoot you, that's one thing. I'm not going to have the death penalty. If you happen to be a police officer, I'm going down. And, will, and, the, and special circumstances apply. So I have no problem with this at all. The ACLU doesn't like it. Oh, of course it does Human Rights Watch doesn't like it. Of course, like oh, of course
2: it. not. The NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund don't like it. And one of the things they're saying is um, that it, by passing this law, you're perpetuating a false narrative of a war on police. Huh? That's what they're trying to say. They're trying to say there is no war on the police. People oh, get, are oh. not ambushing the police. People are not attacking police officers police. just
1: because they're right. police. right there's they don't no hate mo- police and it's not happening yeah there's no movement against uh, police officers or police forces anywhere uh the ferguson marches for example had nothing to do with the cops right there is no issue please uh, i just i love this
3: well there's a longtime lapd informant who says he's going to sue the department because he didn't get paid for bringing them a drug dealer back in 2016
1: it's a contract issue yeah it is and he went and this should be big money too I mean he's suing for no small change and this should be easy to prove right uh yep it was his tip that was uh, that uh, resulted in uh, a major drug dealer they raided the place where the drug dealer was 1.8 million dollars in cash uh a pound and a half of meth and cocaine were several hundred thousand dollars more at least and uh it was and he gets 10 percent according to the deal of the money
2: plus, and I don't really understand how the value they pro rate the, the value
1: of the drugs and yeah, the here, weapons. And here, I've always wondered about this. Whenever they pick up two tons of marijuana, mm-hmm. and street value of that's per joint. It's generally not a wholesale price. No, they always convert it to, to street value once it gets to the street level. Yeah, which what is would it be? Come worth? on, it, it, no one sells fourteen pounds by the joint. No. I've never bought coke. I've never bought marijuana so this by the guy's joint. Probably, have you, by the way, for those of you that smoke marijuana, has anybody ever bought one by the joint? That's like buying cigarettes by the cigarette. No, although now in, in dispensaries, yeah, now they you, sell a lot of pre rolled stuff. Yeah, but, but it's the, the potency is astounding. Okay, we are done. Coming up, uh, news that just broke. Big news of three American uh, detainees in North Korea, Korean Americans have been released. And I'll share that story with you. KFI AM
0: 640.
1: If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be, baby, just let it be. If it's meant to be, it'll be. KFI uh, handle here on a uh, Wednesday morning, May 9th. Uh, Yesterday, of course, uh, was the the announcement that we're out of the Iran deal. Uh, That's big news we're covering this morning. And also, something that just broke a couple of hours ago. That the three uh, Korean Americans have been released from North Korea. Now, as Jen uh, pointed out this morning, uh, it, it was anticipated they were going to be released. A couple of reasons. Mike Pompeo, our Secretary of State, uh, is on his second trip to North Korea. And he brought reporters along. Usually when North Korea meets with, insert name of, whatever country person here other than China, uh, it is super top, super duper quadruple secret. And it is not in this case. Reporters were brought along. So he knew something was going to go. And that's exactly what happened. They were released from North Korea. And there's a couple of things that indicates uh, that this was in the works and has been in the works uh, for uh, a very long time. Uh, That is, uh, we have heard that and we have seen that these three uh, Korean Americans are in great shape. They're in very good shape, which is usually not the case when anybody is coming out of North Korea or you have defectors uh, crossing the border. And so that is very unusual. I mean, we go back, uh, what is it, a year to Otto Warmbier, or Warmbier where uh, he had the very bad taste and the very bad luck that in the hotel room he was saying he brought down or took wanted to take as a souvenir a propaganda poster that was on the wall. And, of course, that was videoed. Because uh, they video everything in hotels all over the world, in the hallways. And uh, he was arrested. And charged with uh, some crime against the state. Causing disparagement on uh, the People's Republic of North Korea or whatever. Got 15 years of hard labor. Lasted a year. And he came back in a coma. And uh, died uh, a few months later and evidence that he had been, uh, I don't remember if he had been tortured or not, but certainly evidence of maltreatment and falling into a coma. And, of course, uh, North Korean said, oh, it's not our fault, some sleeping pills or some medication he took or some whatever. And uh, that really hit a low point. And since then, Kim Jong-un has gone in the other way. However, was it uh, only, what, a month ago, two months ago, where the president and Kim were screaming about nuclear retaliation with each other? That North Korea was going to blow up the United States and they now have missiles that will reach any part of the United States and nuclear weapons. And uh, the President Trump saying, you do that, we're going to take you, uh, we're we're going to just take you off the earth completely and we might even do it preemptively. So uh, things have gotten closer. And this reminds me of uh, opening up China without uh, without the military part of it. And I'm going to give credit to Kim Jong-un. He's made the decision uh, that we're going to move forward. Much like at that uh, time, it was uh, Kim, not, God, I'm trying to remember, Cho Lai, who was a foreign, uh, foreign minister in China, who actually started it all. And it started with little bits and pieces in China. United States ping pong team was traveling around, and China, in the middle of uh, their tour, said, why don't you come on over here and play ping pong with us? China, by the way, is the world's greatest ping pong players, just to let you know. They're just at the top of the heap when it comes to ping pong. If you've ever seen China Chinese champion ping pong players, it just boggles the mind. Wow, are they good. So uh, there it was. It was televised, and that opened up China. So now you have uh, Kim Jong-un uh, deciding to uh, negotiate. Whether it's going to open up North Korea is a different story. Whether he's decided to keep North Korea as an isolationist country uh, and uh, poor and desperate is one thing. It's fairly easy for him to make the decision to open it up. I don't know if you know that there is a bridge on the North Korean-Chinese border. There is a bridge that goes across the river that separates the two countries. The Chinese have built their part of it. This sparkling, beautiful, wide, many-lane bridge, world-class bridge, which goes over into North Korea, and it ends in an open field, because North Korea simply hasn't built their part of it, which would open up trade like crazy. You could have four lanes of trucks going each way. Does Kim Jong-un make the decision to open up North Korea, and he becomes... Uh, part of the community of nations, and a lot of it has to do with uh, his staying in power. We know how crazy the Kim family is, and how much in control of North Korea they uh, they are. And I'm guessing now. This is me speculation. This is uh, my vast knowledge of world affairs and the vast uh, experience I've had on the international mar- on the international uh, geopolitical uh, platform, uh, and that is him being super comfortable with his control of North Korea and wanting North Korea to become uh, a more important part. See, he's got the nuclear capabilities. Is that enough? It's almost as, okay, you have it. Now what? You have the ability like China, Russia, Pakistan, India, Israel, France uh, to blow up the world if you want. And, of course, the United States. Okay, what do you do with that? Everybody has treaty. India and Pakistan, who have been fighting over borders, Kashmir, for decades and hate each other. Just walk into India and you will probably not find a Pakistani restaurant. Same thing on the other side. Hey, any Indian food? You're in jail. Well, not quite that bad, but they hate each other. And, of course, both nuclear powers, both maintaining their relationships with each other, because no one's going to blow up the world. Is Kim Jong Un going to blow up the world? Probably not. So as long as he stays in power, and there's no reason why he doesn't and couldn't, uh, why not? And all I think he wants the world is to recognize he's a real nuclear power and he's part of the, the nuclear club. Okay, it is. I mean, he is. Now what? What you going to deny it? So that's my take on it. And part of this, the president will meet with Kim. The, the uh, part of it is uh, just a part of this puzzle is the release of the three Americans while Pompeo is in North Korea. All right. Uh, coming up, solar panels required in Southern California. Why that's not such a big deal? It sounds like a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'll share that. All right, uh, this is uh, a Wednesday morning. Oh, what a morning. Uh, KFI, first we start with your chance to win some money.
0: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200.
2: If you're the winner, they will call you from a number you don't recognize. You have to answer it or you're out of luck. Leif in Moreno Valley did, and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m.
1: All right. Uh, California, once again, uh, leading the country, uh, certainly in the world of the environment. And we are set to become the first state to require solar panels on all newly built single-family homes. Uh, the state's energy commission scheduled to vote this morning, uh, which it's going to do it's going to happen and uh the law is expected to pass and take effect in 2020 so we're only a couple of years off and it simply says that new housing is going to have solar panels installed which you would think the solar panel companies are jumping up and down uh, the solar installations yeah they are uh even the uh, building industry which you'd think would go crazy they're in favor of it although building Association here in California uh, is saying this is going too fast let's slow it down which is kind of surprising so uh, there are some exemptions uh, uh, first of all we're uh, talking uh, which uh, we're talking about commercial buildings which is a whole different world or in uh, housing where it becomes very difficult to install it doesn't make much sense simply because of the sunlight issue uh, but for the most part uh, it's happening and this is part of California's plan to slash greenhouse gas emissions in the coming decades. That's going to require sweeping policy changes. Now, I have to tell you that the amount of greenhouse gas savings are going to happen is minuscule relative to the amount that's being produced. But this is all incremental. This is little bits and pieces. And you add all of it up, and guess what? It actually starts happening for sure. And a couple of things are happening. First of all, it's the high cost cost. Of this. Going to, as expensive as housing is in Southern California, it's going to increase costs $10,000 a house on the average. So, whatever you're going to be paying for a house, add $10,000. Well, uh, yes or no on this. I mean, it actually makes sense if you look at it financially, and certainly you look at the greenhouse emissions that happen at a house and how much energy is being used. Uh, but a couple things. First of all, most people actually want this. And the money pays out. If you hear me doing the Sunlux commercial, I'm telling you, it makes sense today. It has changed. technology's gotten better. The cost has dropped. I mean, really, it truly does make sense now. And so that helps. And politically, it's correct. Environmentally, it's correct. And uh, you think the value of the house would go up? Well, at least $10,000, you would think. We don't really know yet. Uh, except if people ha- you know, I, I don't know. When I sell my house, the fact that I put in a solar system, uh, does that make it more valuable? Yeah, I think so. I think that's one of the reasons. Yeah. Is it more than the cost? That's what you always want to do. Swimming pools, for example, are a waste of money. You lose money with a swimming pool. You remodel a bathroom. That's money. That's good money invested. And for the most part, the same thing as uh, solar panels. But here is the reality. It doesn't mean jack. Why? Because 81% of the houses are being built with solar panels anyways now. New house is being built, it's, it's almost de rigueur to put in a solar panel. 81%, and that is going to explode. We've talked to Dean Sharp. There are a few things that new housing is going to have to have. Smart homes, of course, are part of new housing. Can you imagine not putting in technology for a smartphone in a brand new house or a smart house in a brand new house? You can't imagine it. Same thing with the living arrangements themselves, mother-in-law suites separate entrances that sort of thing because people are living together generationally because of the cost and solar panels and there's going to reach a point where uh, solar is become part and parcel of every new house now will there be a part will there be a retrofit there might be right now with earthquakes there's a, a retrofit law but it's very different with earthquakes. Because if you don't have a solar panel, your house isn't going to fall down and kill somebody. But this becomes, of course, over a period of time. And you'll see more and more of these. And the amount of solar energy that is being uh, that is being used here in California, that is being generated, is surprisingly high. We're actually ahead of the curve. Uh, we're ahead of the 2030 declaration of when we are going to, what, is it 40% or something or 30% of all power? I think we're already in the 20s, if I'm not mistaken, of uh, alternative energy being used here in California. What is that exact figure, by the way? Do we know, uh, Jennifer or Alex? Yeah, the exact figure of uh, alternative energy that now is uh, being generated in California. Because I know we're ahead of the curve. So, uh, and and also, it makes financial sense. Because remember, I talk about during my Sunlux commercials the payback period, and it used to be ridiculous. It all makes sense now. Okay, uh, of course uh here we go one two three uh
3: according to one article we are 73 percent of the nation's capacity for uh energy okay
1: production. that wasn't what i asked but
3: that's okay i'm sorry uh don't worry right. about it all PG&E right says it's reached california's 2020 renewable energy goal three years ahead of schedule now delivers 80 percent of its electricity from greenhouse gas-free
1: resources see that is astounding that is nothing short of astounding Okay, fair enough. Uh, Coming up, Cheapskate University with Clark Howard. Oh, yes. All the best things in life are free. You can keep them for the buds and bees. I want money. Well, that's what I want. I want money, yeah. KFI handle here. On a Wednesday morning, May 9th, uh, big stories we're covering is uh, the aftermath of uh, the decision yesterday to withdraw from Iran. Iran deal, nuclear deal, not a big deal. Not nearly as big as we think it is, or we thought yesterday. I'll uh, explain that to you a little bit later on. That's coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. And then uh, this morning, the news that uh, the three Korean Americans that were sitting in North Korean jails have been released. And they're on their way home. And then, just a sort of fun one, unless you happen to be a Mormon uh, Boy Scout, the church is breaking off uh, with the Boy Scouts. 105 year old relationship. And the president announced that yesterday. Not only are we breaking out of the nuclear deal, we are all, and the Mormon church is ending its relationship, withdrawing from uh, the Boy Scouts. Two big pieces of news that the president announced yesterday.
5: Okay, Clark Howard, Cheapskate University. Good morning, Clark. Good morning. My uh, father-in-law is a lifelong scout. Has been involved in scouting forever, and does inspections of scout camps. And this is uh, this is really monumental for him about the Mormons leaving because do you know that they represent? I think it's close to twenty percent of all Boy Scouts.
1: Mm, I didn't know that.
5: Yeah, they are the most influential element of the boy scouts and well not are headed now they're headed on their own yeah
1: yeah that's uh if you're a boy scout or a mormon that's big
5: news since i'm neither i don't care oh come on okay you just you just talked all about it and then you say but if i'm neither i don't care that's, that's the, funny yeah
1: that's the base, basically the philosophy of this show all right clark we, <laughs> we now we talk about scams uh and before we get to of course the next segment uh which is deal of the week and that is, uh, there's something I had not heard of. I've heard of skimming credit cards, and that is uh, there are, people have machines that you can just take the information off of. Basically, credit card uh, machines, the kind that you just put the card through, but their
5: own ones, or they alter the machines. This is shimming. What is that about? So this is something that a security researcher first said would be possible three years ago. But it never really happened, and now it is. And what is it? All right, so you know how the banks have spent billions sending us the new cards with the chips in them. Well, criminals have figured out a way to steal the information off the chip when it's inserted into a chip reader. And what it allows them to do, because the idea of that chip is it sends a one-time-use code every time you use your card, which cuts down on the amount of fraud. Well, what criminals have figured out how to do is put a little device, an electronic device, inside the chip reader that retailers use and capture the information of the chip and then they can duplicate it almost immediately. All right, so there's room for their card as well as your card? No, no, it's a little electronic device that they put in the card reader. Wow, where, where do they get
1: room for that? I mean, where do you put it's something a, like that? It's
5: a teensy-tiny thing. And one of the pieces of advice that came from the Better Business Bureau about this is that if you start to put your card into a chip reader and it really doesn't want to go in and you kind of have to force it, that means there might be one of these shimming devices in there to capture the information. But, you know, we're busy and all that, so I don't think we should try to be detectives about when a chip reader has been manipulated.
1: All right, so I'm assuming the technology would be just for a sensor inside the chip reader uh, that would ascertain whether or not any foreign object has been put inside that machine. I'm assuming that would be
5: available, correct? Well, it doesn't exist yet. So here's where you and I come into this, is that the criminals with these uh, shimmers, are able to electronically transmit the information, duplicate your card almost immediately. The big responsibility we have is to download an app from your credit card issuer and set up the alerts where they alert you when transactions happen above a certain dollar amount. You know, a threshold that would start to be a threshold uh-huh. and you'd say, oh boy. So because you- oh the real thing is The criminals get away with more stolen activity when we're looking the other way. I have set up on my phone with the credit cards I use the alert system. And for me, I have them set up at either $200 charges or $250. And so if I do a charge of an amount higher than that, but mainly I see Lane doing charges higher than that, I get an immediate notification. But the important part about that is if a crook has duplicated my card and they're using it, I'm getting quick notification. Why wouldn't
1: you do that for every single transaction? You know when you've used the card. Lane knows when she you uses could, the card. You could.
5: I am i don't want to get notified every time she goes and buys an overpriced no, Starbucks right. no, coffee. No,
1: you're right. I mean, So I,
5: I, I put a higher threshold okay. in, but it gives me the ability for the early warning. Now, as so often happens with all this stuff, the greatest danger is if a shimmer duplicates your debit card, not your credit
1: card. Yeah, that's why debit cards, I hate debit cards.
5: Yeah, because they're attacking your right. checking account. Yeah, which is So crazy. the suggestion I have about debit cards, because they're so vulnerable, is that you set up an account, like maybe one of, with one of the online banks or something, where there's no fees at all, and you put walking around money in that account, right. and you use that debit card. If you really want to use a debit card, you use it so that the money... You need to pay rent or mortgage or car payment, any big expenses, is never at risk because the criminals can only get right. at your walking around money.
1: All right, Clark, we're going to take a, a quick break. I want to come back. And start talking about Deal of the Week. But before we do that, I'm going to ask you how exactly you get that app. and uh, Because that seems very oh, important each,
5: to me. Each issuer, like if you're with Citibank or Chase or American Express or Discover, that. they all have apps. You download the app. Got it. And then you can monitor your accounts. And Fair they enough. have the thing where you set up what alerts you want.
1: All right. We'll be right back with Car Howard. Deal of the Week. Uh, first, uh, there's Jennifer Jones. Lee. Hey, Clark, can we get a deal of the week? Clark Howard, deal of the week. KFI Handle here on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Big story that we're covering. And, of course, this morning, it's huge news. Three uh, American Koreans uh, have been released. They're actually on the way now uh, back to uh, Washington with Mike Pompeo. Uh, they're in the air. They stop for a refuel, and uh, they should arrive. Uh, I'm assuming the next couple of hours, two more, uh, two o'clock this afternoon, our time is when they're arriving in Washington? Two okay. this
3: morning. Uh, two oh, Eastern are?
1: time, so 11
3: our time tonight. Oh, got They'll it. will be there yeah, at it's a, Andrews.
1: It's a long haul. Yeah. It is a very long trip.
3: And the president will meet them on the tarmac, he said.
1: Oh. I wonder if they go business class. What do you think? Uh, I don't Just... Wondering. I mean, maybe that was part of the negotiation that Kim Jong-un said, okay, we'll let him out, but they have to fly business class.
5: Clark Howard, good morning to you again. Good morning. Any seat would be great if they're getting out of a North Korean prison, Not. Right?
1: N- n- no, no, because uh, a, a flying coach from here to North Korea is a prison sentence. <laughs> okay, now. Let's go back uh, uh, to Clark Howard, uh, ClarkDeals.com and just Clark.com for everything you ever want to know about everything in terms of buying it cheaply or better. And uh, Clark, it's time for deal of the week. So let's just go right to it.
5: This is the most competitive Mother's Day I recall, particularly for florists. The flower industry is going crazy trying to get some business for Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day follows 90 days after you have Valentine's Day and the like, flowers. It's like Lent. Yes, exactly. So there are the best deals I can recall for flowers on Mother's Day. Now, there's a double deal I've got on clarkdeals.com where you buy a Groupon that gets you Pro Flowers at half price. And then Pro Flowers is offering great, great deals if you'll deliver the flowers, have them deliver flowers to your mom tomorrow or on friday so instead of delivering on saturday or sunday if you'll do early delivery or even late delivery monday next week you get these fantastic deals on flowers and so the the bouquets end up being you know usually mother's day bouquets are extremely expensive Yeah, with
1: pro flowers they started 20 bucks
5: And so now you get them. If you do the Groupon first, you're then getting a bouquet of flowers delivered for ten bucks or more. Pretty amazing. So, but it's a double deal. If you go to ClarkDeals.com, click on the Groupon, click on what we've got on Pro Flowers, you'll see the deal. But for most people, the back to basics thing is go to Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's and their sister company Aldi are blowing it out with phenomenal flower deals. For Mother's Day. And you can even get them on Sunday and take them, carry them to mom. Yep. We're we're doing Mother's Day dinner Friday night because if you go on Mother's Day, oh, every place is overcrowded. Oh, yeah, it's nuts. And they do the special menus yeah. where everything's marked up. And so really show you're an advanced planner and do something with mom earlier rather than on Sunday as far as a deal. But I've got a deal I want you to buy today that is a deal that Target has on one of those gift boxes for $7. You know, women love those sample boxes. And so I have a link on Clark Deals where you can go right to the Target special.
1: Wow. I mean, it's pretty good. And by the way, just to so let you know, I'm going to out Clark Clark for the first time. Uh, that I remember, and that is two different ways you can really save on flowers, which I used to do for my mother. Uh, Number one, you buy them from the guy standing uh, at uh, the off-ramp of the freeway. Uh, Those are really cheap. And number two, I used to go to her house, pick her flowers in the backyard, and then walk in the back door and say, Happy Mother's Day. That is the cheapest way you can do it.
5: Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Okay. (laughs) Can I hit you with another? Sure. One more. Okay, so um, you know Blue Apron, the people sure, that deliver of the meals, All right? Costco has a deal going on right now where you get a hundred bucks in Blue Apron gift cards for sixty-five.
1: Yeah, it's a great deal. And Blue Apron happens to be, uh, I've, I've eaten Blue Apron before, and it's uh, the food is really high-end. But you know when they tell you you can cook it in half an hour? Uh, thats An hour and a half. Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's half an hour in somebody's time, but it's not ours. But Can
5: I sneak in one more? Really
1: quickly, because okay. we're out of time.
5: Fries has a deal today on a 55-inch 4K TV for 268 bucks. You register for their promo codes. So you can buy it. You must buy it today only. And if you order it before 3 o'clock, they'll deliver it to your house free today. Unbelievable.
1: All right, Clark. Uh, ClarkDeals.com for what's going on today and, in general, Clark.com. Clark, you have a happy Mother's Day.
5: Thank you. All right.
1: Uh, Take care. Coming up, uh, the Iran deal. Uh, Everything you wanted to know and why it isn't that big a deal that we pulled off or we pulled out or the president pulled out. I'll explain that one coming to you. KFI AM 640.
0: You me up, you burn
1: me up, believe 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 KFI handle here. It is a Wednesday. Boy, what a Wednesday it is. All right, now, right now, the three Korean Americans are on an airplane with Mike P- Pompeo, Secretary of State, on the way back from North Korea. They were released this morning and will arrive at Andrews Air Force Base about 11 o'clock tonight. And uh, it is now being reported the president is going to be there at the tarmac awaiting uh, their arrival. Yes, that's a big deal. Of course, that's part and parcel of uh, what the plan is uh, when they meet. The president and uh, Kim Jong-un are going to meet. Uh, The other big news that happened yesterday, this was more anticipated, was uh, the announcement from uh, the president that the United States is withdrawing from the Iran nuclear deal also known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. And uh, as an acronym, uh, acronym that's the uh, JAKUPA, which is probably why they're not using that. It's the Iran nuclear deal. And it involves, and this, we go back to July 14, 2015, that you had the United States, the United Kingdom, Britain, France, Russia, China, Germany, and the European Union, which is everybody, every country in Europe. And... They uh, all agreed with us that uh, the sanctions would be lifted against Iran if they did certain things. And uh, what were they supposed to do? First of all, Iran has about 20,000 centrifuges, had. uh, The deal says Iran can't use more than 5,000 of them. And they have to be the oldest, oldest, crappiest ones that they have. We'll take the good ones out of there. Which makes it pretty hard for Iran to create a nuclear bomb if it wanted to create one today. Uh, However, when you talk about stopping the nuclear bomb with 20,000 centrifuges, which are used to uh, increase uh, the purity of the uranium, because you need very pure uranium. You need 90% pure uranium for weapons grade to manufacture nuclear uh, weapons, and all you need is about 3.5% for uh, use in power stations. So, uh, with 20,000, they can put together a bomb uh, in about two to three months. Uh, With the 5,000 crappy ones, they can put a bomb together in about a year. That's one of the reasons why the president said this deal is crap. This deal does nothing. And that's probably true. Iran gave up 97% of its enriched uranium and only kept 300 kilograms of its 10,000 kilogram stockpile. Uh, Iran said it would destroy or export the core of its new uh, plutonium plant at Arak, at, at Iraq, and replace it with a new core that can't produce weapons grade plutonium. I mean, it goes on and on uh, that Iran said it would do all of that. And according to the inspections out there, according to all of the nations that signed the agreement, they're adhering. Iran is actually adhering. And what they got was the sanctions. That's what they received in return is the lifting of the sanctions. And the sanctions had to do with uh, any country that does business with Iran, uh, They, we will try to stop it, particularly businesses themselves. Uh, it's against the law to deal with Iran, or it certainly was against the law. If an American company was caught selling to Iran, even through middlemen, et cetera, huge sanctions, huge fines. And theoretically, the executives could go to jail. And that stopped a lot of money flowing into Iran. And while, well, let me, let me put it this way, because it's a, it's a little bit complex. And that is, since the rest of the European countries are screaming, the rest of the signatories are effectively saying, we're going to maintain that treaty, Iran says it's going to maintain that treaty for the short term until they figure out what's going to happen. So we will, with the United, with uh, all the other countries of the United States, we're going to go on as if the treaty were still in effect, with the United States being the outlier. And so you would think, think about this for a moment, you would think that with the United States out and the rest of the world in, how much influence do we possibly have? Because all the other countries are obviously going to still do business with Iran. They're going to sell with Iran. As far as they're concerned, Iran is maintaining its agreement. And so, therefore, if the United States wants out, the United States wants out. That's fine. You have a treaty with 27 or 28 countries. You have everybody agreeing to the terms. The Iranians, in fact, adhering to the terms. So what difference does it make? Oh, it makes a lot of difference. Because the United States still has enormous influence. There's a reason the United States economy is considered the juggernaut of the world economy. You know, there's a wonderful saying that when the president of the United States sneezes, the rest of the world gets a cold. And uh, nothing is more true than that in the world of economics. And incidentally, the big sanction, just as an aside before we get into the rest of it coming back, is the biggest sanction is called SWIFT. SWIFT is a society for worldwide interbank financial telecommunication. It's the central clearinghouse for getting paid for oil. You are, if a country is not a member of SWIFT, Money cannot go to that country legally for oil exports. It has to be paid through the central bank. It's like you writing a check and no bank will clear the check. So the only way you can now deal financially is through the barter system or cash. And that's exactly what's been happening with Iran and selling of its oil. It either had to borrow or it had to sell on the black market. It couldn't sell through Swift. Why? Because the United States made sure that didn't happen during the time of sanctions and that has been lifted except it's going right back and so coming up i want to talk a little bit about uh some of well the iranian economy and really what's going to happen because we're still a few days out incidentally this deal is not done the deal is not done and the reaction and what's going to happen and uh there is so much to talk about and we'll come back with that in just a moment uh Oh, Maria, Maria. kfi handle here on a wednesday morning firstly start with your chance to win some money
0: your shot at one thousand dollars now text the keyword bank to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and messaging rates apply that's bank to 200 200
2: they notify the winner by calling them you have to pick up that call Joyce and Artesia did, and she is $1,000 richer. Your next chance to win next hour.
1: All right. Uh, back we go to uh, the Iran nuclear deal that the president pulled the United States out of yesterday. Uh, and uh, he hated it from day one. That was, a uh, matter of fact, one of his campaign promises uh, was, I'm going to get us out of this deal. It's a bad, bad deal. And as uh, was said yesterday, and he said, uh, promises made, promises kept. So there was no secret where he stood. And he said this was a horrible deal, one of the worst out there. And it is. It is. What it effectively did is limit Iran's ability to produce nuclear weapons from a couple of months under the deal to maybe a year if there is no deal. And the president said, but look what we gave up. We lifted all the sanctions, which were crippling Iran. The economy is in trouble. Not so much now because the oil prices. Uh, right now, the economy is on the upswing, but mainly because of the oil. Oil is now 70 bucks a barrel. And, of course, uh, the vast majority of exports from Iran are oil and pistachios, but mainly oil. Still pistachio markets. And so uh, the sanctions, the argument the sanctions were, in fact, uh, they were the, the best thing that could be done for regime change. I mean, it has some water there. So, why was it a bad deal? Well, because the United States gave it all up. The world did. And there was no, even under the deal, no limit on ballistic missile testing at all. No limit on terrorist support. Matter of fact, Iran is considered the biggest state-sponsored terrorism, sponsor of terrorism in the world. That just keeps on going. Still supporting Assad. Still supporting the bad guys in, uh, for example, in Yemen. I mean, it was a bad deal. And the signatories to the deal, including President Obama, certainly France, Germany, England, said this was the best deal we could have gotten. Well, it's a bad deal. Now, in the end, does it really matter? Yeah, Not really. uh, Because even Iran said yesterday, we're going to, for the short term, continue on, look at our our possibilities, look at our alternatives, Uh, still keep the same deal going with the rest of Europe, our allies and friends. I love that, allies and friends. Yeah, Iran has tons of them. Uh, Yeah, and, um, you know, I don't know where this is going to go, and the president may be right on. Oh, and then the issue of, and I want to bring this up, and this is important, and that is the argument that uh, what the Europeans are saying and a lot of Americans are saying, certainly those that are against Donald Trump, are saying that we have lost all credibility uh, around the world. And why would Kim Jong-un ever believe anything we say, whatever agreement we get into? Well, there are two things involved with that, why I don't think that particular argument holds a lot of water. And number one is, from the beginning, Donald Trump said, I'm pulling us out of this deal. Everybody knew it was going to happen, or thought they knew it was going to happen if the president became the president. And number two, this was a decision made by our previous president. It was negotiated under President Obama. And it had tremendous problems from day one. There was a lot of controversy. It was criticized like crazy. So here is, I'm going to back up Trump. I'm going to make the argument for President Trump right now. And that is, President Obama made the worst deal in the world. I ran on effectively killing the deal. It is a bad deal. And here's the reason why. And by the way, he's absolutely right. And as far as Kim Jong-un not believing me, whatever deal I cut with Kim Jong-un is going to be my deal. I'm going to put my name on it. And I'm going to support my deal. Now, that makes more sense. What's he going to say? Yes, I promise I'm going to sign an agreement with North Korea, and then I'm going to abrogate that same deal. A year from now or two years from now does that make any sense so when europe says oh abrogation you can't trust the united states well it wasn't a treaty the reality is is europe knows the politics of the united states europe understands it although uh in recent times uh a- any kind of an agreement signed by the president because i don't know when the last time there was a treaty uh, a treaty has to be ratified by the senate so anytime there is uh, any kind of agreement signed by the president is considered a deal set in stone well number one that's not the case uh, one president can undo what the other president does and the European argument that this is the this crappy agreement that we had is the best we could do you know what I I don't buy that is that the way you go through life well oh, this is the best I can do so I'm going to accept it I don't think so. I certainly don't try to do that. That's like me sitting down negotiating my contract with KFI when they offer me $3 an hour. Well, that's the best I can do. I'm not even going to bother. Do that next time you ask for a raise. No, well, that's the best I can do. I'm not going to get a raise. Okay, and you walk away. You slink away. And as a final thought, uh, the two countries that love the president is Israel who from day one has argued against any kind of a deal like this with Iran and Saudi Arabia that is scared to death of Iran because uh, Iran is wants to establish its theocracy, its way of uh, its way of dealing with uh, a, a, being a Muslim country, and don't, they don't like what Saudi Arabia does. They want their own brand of theocracy, and in fact, the biggest ally Saudi Arabia actually has in the region is Israel. Did you know that? Israel is probably their best friend Because while Iran wants to impose Its brand of religion on Saudi Arabia Let me tell you what Israel does not want to do Make sure that every royal family boy In Saudi Arabia gets bar mitzvah. They're not interested in that Coming up, Handle on the News, Late Edition KFI AM 640
0: Handle on the News Late Edition Handle on the News Nowadays, you're not... Bill Handle. Out of the box, you're gone. And now, here's Bill Handel.
1: KFI Handle here on a... Lovely, lovely Wednesday morning, uh, the three Americans, and I'll tell you a little bit about them in a moment, Korean Americans on an airplane back to the United States, released by North Korea. Before we get into handle on the news, because theres uh, i got to cram so much in, a quick announcement from uh, Wayne.
2: Yeah, big event coming up later this year. If you donate now to help the American Red Cross Initiative to Get Prepared California... Later, you and a guest will mix and mingle with all of us here from KFI at the OUE Skyspace in downtown Los Angeles. It's a facility on top of the U.S. Bank Tower 1,000 feet above the city. Get to meet everybody here, live Q&A session, photo opportunities. You have to be 21 years or older to attend. There's limited tickets, so you want to get them before they're gone. Now, for the details on how to do this, go to KFIAM640.com, keyword mixer.
1: All right, back we go. Let's start it with uh, handle on the News Late Edition. Uh, that is Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me and our lead story. Okay, three Korean-Americans on an airplane right now uh, with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And uh, they've been released by North Korea. Quick word as to who they are. Tony Kim uh, connected with Pyongyang University of Science and Technology. It's a Christian University uh, that Pyongyang lets people teach at. Uh, and uh, the other one, Kim Hak Song, also at Pyongyang University of Science and Technology, uh, they were both arrested literally on their way out uh, for, quote, hostile acts. And uh, the other Kim, everybody's name Kim, you know, uh, originally from China, an agricultural consultant uh, who is a U.S. citizen, moved to China to study agriculture and then later on move to Pyongyang to deal with agriculture. And uh, the three of them were arrested for, quote, hostile acts. I love that, all encompassing, uh, encompassing hostile acts. And uh, the issue was uh, their release. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. It happened. It's Kim Jong-un coming to the table and saying part and parcel of it is we're releasing them. And that's probably why uh, Jennifer noticed this morning when we uh, first broke the story, when she first broke the story, was that uh, this time Mike Pompeo took reporters with him and the president hinted, I'm going to have some good news for you. So we're done on that, which is great.
3: Now we know what that good news is. Well, Santa Clarita has become the first city in L.A. County to formally oppose the sanctuary state policy.
1: I hate California. Yeah, this is Breaking Down Pro and Con. The anti-sanctuary state movement, anti-sanctuary county movement is getting stronger and stronger. And coming up at 9 o'clock, I'm going to tell you why the sanctuary city and state movement is actually hurting itself. It's hurting illegal aliens. It's actually, uh, it's counterintuitive But it's not helping people who it's supposed to help at all. And I'll explain that coming up at 9 o'clock. The border wall has
2: not been built yet, but it's already cost San Diego taxpayers a couple million bucks. This is almost entirely uh, police and sheriffs' overtime to provide security when they were building the prototypes, when uh, somebody goes down there to have an event. You know, when someone from the government makes an appearance, they have protesters. And it's basically to protect the people building those prototypes and having those events. Yeah. And I don't really see this as being
1: a huge deal. Yeah. I wonder if the Coachella people are going to have a concert uh, with Pink Floyd. At? The at the wall. wall. Yeah, right up against Look the wall. Look at you. Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right. Thank you, ladies That's and gentlemen. That's assuming
2: any of them are still alive by
1: the time That's it's true. built. That's true, Yes.
3: There's a high school student from Chula Vista who was charged yesterday for recruiting his classmates to smuggle drugs from Mexico into the U.S.
1: Now, this guy is a hell of a smuggler because he was uh, telling these students, convincing them to smuggle drugs at $300 a go. They would strap meth bags, uh, cocaine bags to their bodies and uh, go in. And then it turned out uh, that he was caught last week. Attempting to smuggle a Chinese and Mexican national in the United States in his trunk, of which uh, the Mexican told uh, the authorities he paid uh, Webb, this young man, $14,000. So he gets paid fourteen grand to put someone in the trunk. He pays $300. Right, to, to
2: put those people at great risk. Because, you know, when they're popped, it's big-time penalties. Yeah. Next week on Success From
1: Scratch. Oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> take a break. Come back. Uh, we still have plenty more. Uh, K- All right, uh, KFI handle here. It is a Wednesday. Boy, what a Wednesday. Lead stories or the big stories we're covering is, uh, as of right now, the three Korean-Americans who are in the North Korean jail on an airplane with the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, uh, scheduled to arrive tonight at 11 o'clock at Andrews Air Force Base. The aftermath of the U.S. withdrawal from the Iran nuclear deal. Not that big a deal. It really isn't. And then news about Michael Cohen receiving payments uh, in a very convoluted fashion. From Russian oligarchs, someone owns a company that owns a company that has a shell company that has a cousin that went to a deli that bought a sandwich that someone else saw and uh, then left the leftovers and someone else picked it up and therefore uh, the Russians somehow are connected. That's basically the story. Okay, uh, let's move on with more handle on the news late edition. Uh, and this is Wayne.
2: So far, the big anticipated tax windfall from legal marijuana is gone up in smoke.
1: Let's go, let's go. And yeah, that's just California is making it difficult.
2: They're making it very hard. They're not rolling out the licenses fast enough. They thought they'd get $175 million in tax revenue by the end of June.
1: Well, in the first quarter of the year, they only got three, uh, $34 Because yeah, you got cities uh, that are slowing it down. They don't want marijuana dispensaries. There was a story I saw last night uh, in which uh, Colorado, I think, uh, I think Denver, has more marijuana dispensaries than there are Starbucks. <laughs> wow that was the story last night boy that's, that's have quite a an ha- achievement. they've gone balls to the wall when it comes to marijuana in colorado
3: my question though is though in california is it just too tough to do this it's are your... people buying from the black market yes. instead of going here or are just not as many people smoking pot as we thought would once oh, it no. became legal i think number pe- one and number, number two, two
1: but not pl- number three plenty of people smoking pot plenty yeah it is number one and number two
3: Well, there's a man in Nevada who says, look, I want to die, but the way you're going to kill me, that's the part I have a problem with.
1: Nevada Supreme Court hearing uh, a a case, hearing arguments uh, for using another drug, an untested paralytic drug, and this is typical what the anti-death people do, uh, death penalty people do. They just throw up and throw up anything against the wall hoping it sticks so now they're talking about this particular drug that's going to be used and uh, this may be terrible and you won't know if it's cruel and unusual and it's very difficult to uh, actually ask the opinion of someone who's just died did you suffer did you not so it, it gets to be a mess
2: also, the guy is going to die anyway. Yeah, they, because he doesn't. He's not trying to get out of being executed. No, right? And so they asked him at the hearing. They asked the lawyer. They said, "So whatever way we rule, he's going to die, right?" And the lawyer said, "Yeah, he's going to die. However you rule." But so what's happen. the
1: point? Because it's a bigger case than that for for someone else who doesn't want to That's die. That's right. It's uh, the, the Nevada Supreme Court is looking at another method of execution, and does that pass muster? Weinstein Company has been sold. <laughs>
2: Bankruptcy judge approved this plan uh, for this Dallas-based company, Lantern Capital Partners, that have no previous experience right. and in the entertainment they're bu- industry. They're buying the
1: assets, sure, and uh, they're and, and they're the only ones left. Their yeah. their bid was accepted. There was, there was theoretically going to be an auction. Now I understand they're going to change the name of the Weinstein Company, of course, but yeah. what do you do with the films? That have Weinstein Company at the beginning. beginning. What do you do with those? Maybe you shoot
2: a new title card with the new company. Yeah, and just edit them in. But so many are out there. I
0: know. I know.
3: Well, we kind of figured this would happen. Just days after the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences expelled Roman Polanski, the district attorney sent a letter saying, ah, no, that move was unlawful. Take your medication. Mm. Actually, I think it's am his, his Pal- sorry, Polansky is a journalist G
1: Now here it's a it's a very interesting legal issue. How do you stop an body like this, a private body, from throwing someone out uh, legally? Well, the the legal argument is it's violating its own procedures. And uh-huh. that you can that is a legitimate legal argument. Well, let him come back and have a hearing then. Yeah, well, I think the lawyer is going to have a hearing. I don't think you have to do this. So he's got a shot. I mean, that is legitimate. Now, they've changed the rules since then, where the Academy can throw anybody out for whatever reason it wants. But Polanski is being thrown out for what he did before.
2: Although, I see, if I were the Academy, I'd say he's also being thrown out for continuing That's, to be that a fugitive. So I yeah. think,
1: and yeah. I agree with you, while he has a legal case... Uh, changing the rules you're allowed to do and continuous violation, your right would fly.
2: Are and then finally, do, you want to oh, do this yeah. one real fast. Oh, so yeah. a, a, a male professor is in big trouble, and, the, and they're taking it seriously. They want him to apologize for the following joke. He was at a conference. He's on a crowded elevator, and somebody says, "What floor do you need?" And he goes, "Ladies' lingerie." That's the entire joke. And there was a female professor on the elevator who took great offense, and now. This uh, ISA committee, which ran this academic conference where he made the joke, wants him to give an unequivocal apology. Wow. For oh, one of the corniest old-time jokes in the world. That's when you get on an elevator you and you go, fourth floor housewares
1: yeah. it was or whatever. in
3: Space Cowboys. I looked it up out of curiosity. It's literally from the movie Space Cowboys.
1: It's how how it's crazy insane. is that? How, it's, just, it's political correctness. It's insanity. That's ridiculous. It is insanity. You can't say, hey, dude, anymore. You have to say dude or dudette. I mean, you literally or can Or non-binary. Yeah, you, you cannot reference ladies' anything or men's anything because, of course, that is uh, all uh, sexually laden. It doesn't matter. E- anything that equals male, therefore, uh, you or female, therefore, is sexist. So, for example, I have to refer whenever we talk about a penis. It's either male or female because I can't just reference it to a male because that's sexist okay that's it i'm done hey you don't tell me that that's not as stupid huh okay coming up sanctuary cities sanctuary states is it working you'd be surprised what the unintended consequences of this is not such a good idea even though they're trying to do a there may end up being doing b i'll explain that kfi am 640 in the middle Pay handle here on a Wednesday morning. Uh, uh, lead, uh, big stories we're covering trending. Uh, the three uh, uh, Korean Americans who were in jail in North Korea are on an airplane. They've been released by uh, Kim Jong Un. They'll arrive at Andrews Air Force Base tonight at 11 o'clock with uh, the uh, Attorney, uh, excuse me, with Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo. He cut a deal. And so that's huge news. Also, uh, the aftermath of the Iran. Uh, the nuclear deal that the United States pulled out of yesterday and what's going on with that. That'll be being covered all day, too. Those are the big, big stories. All right. Now, uh, a couple days ago, uh, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, was uh, in on the uh, U.S.-Mexican border here in California and effectively said, uh, we're going to keep on going against illegal aliens. I mean, we're going after you. Bottom line is we're going to make it as difficult as possible for you. That's the law. We don't care. And that has been the uh, philosophy of the Trump administration since before the Trump administration became an administration. That was uh, one of the campaign promises made by candidate Donald Trump saying, just illegal aliens are simply not welcome here. And uh, the word deport, deport, deport was thrown all over the place. So in response to that, of course, you had sanctuary uh, counties, sanctuary cities. I think the first one was Berkeley in California or San Francisco. And then you had L.A. become a sanctuary city. And then, of course, uh, a few months ago, uh, Jerry Brown signed a bill that says California, the first state, I think maybe the only state still in the union, that is a sanctuary state. And sanctuary is defined as, it means, in this case, that local authorities, state authorities, will, not, uh, will simply not cooperate with the feds. The feds ask the jail system, for example, uh, it, here's the names of some people, Uh, or tell us when you're releasing someone uh, that may be an illegal alien or is an illegal alien that you know, and just let us know so we can pick him up as he walks outside of jail. And uh, the authority said, we're not going to do that. We are simply not going to give you the opportunity of picking them up. We're not going to help you. Well, okay, so what happens as a result of that? So the philosophy is we're not going to help the feds. Well, if the feds are not going to stop picking up illegal aliens, because believe me, there isn't a sanctuary law in this country that could be passed, other than a federal law, that the Trump administration is still going to go balls to the wall to try to collect illegal aliens, especially coming out of jail. So they have, they're have they going to pick those people up anyway. And if they pick, can't pick them up at jail, where are they going to go? Oh, I don't know. They're going to pick them up outside of schools. They're going to pick them up outside of courthouses. They're going to pick them, out, uh, pick them up at job sites in front of families. And there's something else that's going on. And that is uh, something uh, called collateral arrests that bystanders are arrested. If officers come across, we're talking about ICE officers, uh, other unauthorized immigrants, while looking for those targeted for crimes or immigration-related offenses, guess what? They're picked up too, where otherwise it would only be the guy coming out of jail. Uh, according to an MPI study, and uh, this is a group that uh, studies uh, this entire area, it's a nonprofit. Um, uh, more than two thirds of 650 arrested in one major operation were collateral arrests of people who were not even targeted, they were simply bystanders. And it gets difficult. So let's say an ICE officer comes up. And during the course of an arrest, and you're part and parcel of, uh, let's say, you're someone's playing cards with the illegal alien. That's hypothetical. And uh, they're going after that illegal alien. Maybe the illegal alien has committed a crime. Uh, maybe there is a deportation order, and they somehow got information that he's there. So everybody at the card table gets picked up, right? Uh, because that's what they do. And so now they get picked up where otherwise only that one guy would have been And isn't this fun, but we have, but we're not going to help you for a sanctuary state. We're not going to, uh, when this guy was released from jail, let you know. See, that's an unintended consequence. Oh, incidentally, if I am picked up, right, as a collateral arrest, how do I prove that I am a U.S. citizen? Does anybody out here have proof? Does anybody carry a birth certificate with them? or a passport with him i don't so i cannot prove to anybody that i am a u.s citizen unless i call marjorie at home or one of my kids and say hey in the top right drawer is my passport would you bring it down or find my birth certificate which would not help one bit because uh i have a foreign birth certificate Or if you could pull out my naturalization papers. I don't even know where my naturalization papers are. I couldn't find them if you stuck a gun to my head. Because my proof of citizenship is my U.S. passport. That's how I prove it. So there you go for those people that are really in favor of sanctuary cities. We're not going to help the authorities pick up anybody who may or may not be an illegal alien. It's not our job. Okay, okay. How about your job sitting back and watching somebody being picked up delivering uh, a daughter to school? Isn't that fun? See, it's a problem. See, there's nothing very easy ever about anything. All right, uh, coming up, hounding lawyers coming for tragedy victims because we now have a lot of plaintiffs over the course of these shootings the last uh, few months. And we'll do that. You ain't nothing but a hounding dog, The Some people. We're going to do that in a second. Uh, first, though, uh, here's a chance to win some cash.
0: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword win to 200, 200, You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's win to 200, 200,
2: The winner is notified with a phone call which you must answer. Like Denman and La Habra did, he won $1,000. Next chance to win next hour.
1: All right. Uh, disasters, uh, the shooting disasters that have happened uh, over the uh, past uh, several months, a year. Of course, you had Sandy Hook years ago. You had Columbine that started all of this. You had the Pulse nightclub shooting. You had Las Vegas. And uh, there are so many people that were killed and so many that were injured, some grievously. And so one of the things that happens, and uh, we really don't pay attention because unfortunately— uh, it's sort of the cost of doing business, living in America. And what is that? The lawyers come out of the woodwork. The lawyers. It's like cockroaches. And whenever, and this is why people hate lawyers. You wonder why people hate lawyers? This is why if you're listening to handle on the Law, the first thing I say is I hate lawyers. That's why I'm a self-loathing lawyer. And it is a lot of money that they're looking at, even though it's a very difficult case when you're, let's say you talk about uh, Las Vegas, you have to prove that it was the Mandalay Bay that was at fault uh, because obviously there's not enough money to ever, ever pay the victims because of one, with one guy doing it, I don't care how rich he is. So here's what happens is uh, that lawyers are able to figure out who were victims, both the shooting victims uh, who are alive and dead for a couple of ways. Either they can just go out and find who they are. It used to be much more difficult today. It's social media. I mean, everybody, I survived, and then you're sending it to friends, and you're putting it out in the world, which means that everybody gets access to it. And so what happens? Well, uh, a law firm or two or three or a 1,000 contact those victims and say, we can help you. And we've already gotten one client, so let us help you uh, and join us in fighting for you. Now, uh, you hear ads on TV, or you watched ads on TV, and here on radio, we have our share of lawyers who advertise. But there is a big difference between people that go, hey, here I am, uh, I'd like to represent you, versus let's go after someone who has been injured, find out who they are, and solicit them. That is in violation of the most canons of uh, of ethics in most states, You're not allowed to solicit clients, although everybody does. And it is a shame. The big story, I mean, the solicitation story of all time, and I've been talking about this since it happened, was in 1984 in the city of Bhopal in India. There was a union carbide plant uh, that was, uh, I think it was a, a battery plant where uh, this various dangerous gas escaped, oh, it was an insecticide plant, escaped from the plant, and the gas drifted, drifted over a densely populated neighborhood. Thousands of people died immediately. There was panic. Tens of thousands of others attempted to flee. It was in the city of Bhopal. The final death toll was estimated to be between 15,000 and 20,000 people. And literally the day that it happened, and it was the news was released, and I'm not kidding here. A group of personal injury lawyers chartered an airplane to fly to Bhopal, India to start soliciting clients. Because there you can have foreign lawyers represent you, or you could at that time. Wow. That is solicitation. And uh, I don't even know if they ever got any money because people got like hundreds of dollars each. And it was, and one of the things about the Indian legal system, the Indian legal system, it takes years and years and years to go through. But the point is, I mean, the bodies weren't even cold when the lawyers were on their way. And we're talking maybe a hundred, hundred and something lawyers who got together. So uh, you're going to see a, a few law firms picking up a lot of clients, it's like Gloria Allred, except she doesn't go out and solicit. I, I will give you that. You don't see Gloria Allred ads out there. What she, she already has the reputation and that's what law firms who are considered top law firms, and whatever you say about Gloria Allred, she's at the top of the heap in representing women. I mean, I'm not a big fan, you know, what I think of her in the media, but she. this is a real law firm and she truly does represent people. And when you talk about Lawyers that you want representing you in cases like this, those are not lawyers that uh, go out and solicit. Uh, that, that, is, that are lawyers that ha- go by way of referral. So the problem is, and you can ask anybody, if you know anybody who has any connection to the Pulse nightclub or particularly the, uh, the massacre in uh, Las Vegas, ask that person how many lawyers... Have solicited them. It is astounding. All right, coming up, Dean Sharp, The House Whisperer, sacred places in your home, sacred spaces. That's all coming up. Kf- all right. Wednesday morning, handle the morning crew and the morning crew. The big stories we are covering this morning, and they are huge is uh, the three Korean-Americans who have been in jail in North Korea have been released. They're on the way home with uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and uh, arrive uh, 11 o'clock tonight in uh, Washington, Andrews Air Force Base. Also, uh, the aftermath of uh, the president announcing the U.S. withdrawal from the Iran nuclear deal, that's just panning out. Not, you know, it's strangely enough, not that big a deal, and we've talked about that before. All right, now it's time for uh, Dean Sharp and the House Whisperer segment. And it's brought to you by Sunlux, the official solar company of home. Actually, not only the show home, but Dean's home. My home. And my home. Brought to you by my home. That's right. For the best value in solar, dial pound 250 and say Sunlux. All right, uh, Dean, before we start. I uh, have an
6: announcement. Please. The KFI mixer at the uh, OUE Sky Space with KFI on-air host. Donate now to help the American Red Cross Initiative get prepared, California. You and a guest We'll mix and mingle with the KFI crew for an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE SkySpace. That is the building that was destroyed a few years ago by aliens. It's been rebuilt now in Los Angeles. Enjoy cocktails, appetizers from a thousand feet up in the air uh, and uh, enjoy the city in the iconic US Bank Tower. We have limited tickets. Get them before they're gone. For more details, log on to kfiam640.com search mixer.
1: All right, back we go. Now Uh, Dean? Yes, sir. uh, A couple of uh, what appear to be names that are interchangeable, but that are not. Uh, For example, when dealing with a house, uh, luxury and custom seem to be about the same. Yet they are not. They are not. And there are uh, sacred places and uh, not so sacred places, spiritual spaces in your house. Yes. uh, Which seems to be about the same kumbaya. You know, let's all it's hug together not, and not. put some That's incense candles out I there. I knew you were going to go there. That's where I do go. It's fine. It's okay. I just but, I don't like candles. So sh-
6: you don't have to. I, thank you. So here's the deal. Yes. This Sunday's show. It's Mother's Day, by yep, the way. Yeah, it is. Which is, uh, it's not the main reason I wanted to do this, this week, but it's a good enough reason. I want to teach everybody about sacred spaces inside their home. And when I say sacred spaces... I'm not talking religious. No. Okay. I don't care if you're an agnostic, an atheist.
1: I get it. No, okay? it's sacred. It's like sacred. in my house, in the, the sense, the inside of my refrigerator
6: is, sacred. is a sacred place. Okay. Now we're going to talk about this if we've got a chance. Uh, you've got a couple of sacred spaces in your house. I know. I have my bathroom. I've been your bathroom and your, the kitchen, uh, the theater, the theater. Yeah. Okay. So what we're talking about the, the, the media room. The it's room, not really a
1: theater. Theater. It's a, right. it's a room that has a TV in it.
6: Well. It's more than TV. It's a. It's a. That's a nice room. Okay, and here's the thing. The word "sacred," ultimately at its root, it means set apart. It's something that is set apart in a, in the hierarchy of things that are important. Sacred things have their place, and there are ways that we interact with those those spaces. That's why they, I call them sacred spaces because they really are. If we really talk about home, kind of being the high temple of the human experience. We talk about home and all that home means, really, really means. Then within that circle, just like the old tabernacle in the wilderness, within the outer ring, there's an inner court, and then there's the Holy of Holies. There's that place where each of us go to do whatever it is that we're doing. It doesn't have to be the candles and the incense. It doesn't mean it's a meditation spot. It means, though, that it's a place in your home where you... Take a break and you get to be most you. And where this gets really practical is people come up to me all the time. They say, listen, I got limited funds. I want to do something to my home. Where should I spend them? And if they're not moving soon, if they're not having to deal with a chronic structural issue with the house, like something's really wrong and needs to be repaired, if we're talking about disposable remodel income, and it is remodel season right now, so this is very apt, um, then... Where I direct them to is I asked them this question. I said, well, let's talk about the most sacred spaces that you utilize in the home. Because where I want you to spend your remodel money is essentially on the ROI of your experience of the house.
1: You and know, that's where we center in. Now, for some reason, and this is uh, just fascinating and, and it's serendipitous. Uh, I was thinking this morning, knowing you were going to have come on the show and I didn't know what we were going to talk about. And that is uh, whenever I think about you coming on of course remodeling and building etc i talk and i think i talked to you about this and that is uh if i had to redo my house and i do this with marjorie what mistakes did we make uh and there's more than a few the first time you build a house you need about five houses down the road it does take but, some practice yeah before yep. you get really what you want and one of the things i thought about was uh we had no business putting bathtubs into all the bathrooms none because no one uses a bathtub we should have had one room Somewhere in the middle of the house, where the bedrooms are, with the bathtub, it would be a bathtub room. So people who take baths, and that is taking a bath, is much more of a spiritual experience than taking a shower. Unless you're a your young family, then it's a necessity. That's why
6: most houses these days we say have a bathroom somewhere because but if one, you're going to sell to a young family. Right? There's junior has to take but a bath one, somewhere. But one That's place, That's all you need is one,
1: and a place for uh, a place for uh, uh, candles and yeah. incense. Unless uh, that bath is one of your sacred spaces. And uh, Marjorie tried that once. Uh, And? and, Here we go. No, it's true. Yeah. Put candles and incense and said, Bill, come take a bath with me. I just started laughing. I mean, literally. I thought it was a comedy routine.
3: The bubble bath is totally my sacred spot. Yeah, there you go. JJ,
6: see, I, I sent out a little email earlier this week. I was just polling everybody. JJ's, that's it's all about that. And a, t- and a TV and watching what? <laughs> the what? Golden Girls. Well, there you go.
3: <laughs> or
1: I love watching Food but Network. It really, but it really is your sacred that's, place, Scott isn't it? Scott doesn't disturb me goes. when I'm up there. I go through my recipes. I mean, that's my thing. All right, we'll be uh, back in just a moment uh, and finish this up. See, this turned out to be a, just a great where I actually connected to... <laughs> Now, I never thought I would connect to quote sacred Honestly, spaces. Honestly, I thought it
6: was—I w- thought I was going to have to sell it pretty hard. <laughs> I really we'll be, did.
1: We'll be right back uh, <laughs> with Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer. KFI AM.
3: All right,
1: uh, KFI handle here, and the, the morning crew and as uh, we finish uh, the show big stories that we're covering, the biggest ones, the three uh, Korean-Americans who were kept in jail in North Korea on their way home right now with Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State. All right, Uh, we've got Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer. Dean is heard every single uh, Sunday from 9 to 11 o'clock. And don't forget the uh, podcasts, which are in and of themselves, uh, Primers is what they are. They are uh, It's what, an 2 enti- hours It's an entire home renovation... It's terrific. ...archive yeah. library. Yeah, I think it's probably the most valuable archive that we have here on the show. Okay, uh, let's finish up with sacred spaces. We talked a little bit about that. We we'll talked a lot about that in the last segment. You know, go to the podcast if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, what is? What are sacred pa- uh, spaces? And let's talk about physically creating them and what it's about. Okay, so a, a sacred space... Some people ask, you know, what does it look like? And
6: the truth is, it could be anything. It could be anything. Your sacred space, it's the home theater, it's the water closet in your bathroom where where uh, you spend time with books. It can be the bathtub. It can be active, like the garden
1: or the workshop. For some people, yeah, well, that, it can be really passive, like the Japanese garden with gurgling waters, and as soon as you hear it, you have to pee.
6: Yeah, but it can also be very active, active like gardening. Oh, I got that it. Okay, be, you know, in other words, you can be out there sweating got in it. your sacred space. Never thought you of it. Okay. You could be, you could be breathing in sawdust and getting splinters in your hand in your sacred space, uh, or you could just be sitting quietly, you know, under a lamp reading a book. So they share. Certain characteristics, although they can look radically different. Here are the characteristics that all sacred spaces share. Number one, you can't use the word sacred unless you you are talking about ritual. And this is really important, ritual. And by that, I just mean something important that is repeated again and again and again. It's not really your sacred space if you don't go back to it you know, every other day, every day, every night, every morning, whatever it is. I have my rituals. Uh, people who follow our uh, Facebook will see me sitting out by the fire pit most mornings. Get up at 5 o'clock, make the coffee, feed the dogs. By the time the coffee's done, fire pit is lit, unless it's just unbearably hot outside. And I'm sitting before the sun comes up, sitting by the fire pit, have my hour of just kind of chill, getting ready for the day, whatever that is. It is a ritual. Uh Sacred space is something that uh, a place where we do something meaningful, some important expression of you. It's meditative, not in the sense of like put the grape in your navel and uh, and sit in the lotus position. But it's meditative in the sense that it shifts your gears from whatever you normally are thinking about and it engages you in something else. So, for instance, when you and Marjorie sit down in the media room to watch a film.
1: Oh, no, that's no, come on. That's it's, a, it's you know, sacred as being by yourself, no, no, no. not no. with Marjorie. No, but I'm serious. As much as I make fun of it, I'll I'll tell you, it just occurred to me, my sacred space, legitimately now, Sunday morning, downstairs, I wake up early, the whole house is asleep, I go get the paper, I get the, uh, the Sunday Times, I get my cup of coffee, I'll throw a bagel in the toaster, and I will sit there for an hour, hour and a half. And that is... You are you are a deeply spiritual person. Uh, well, I like bagels and I like the paper. So uh, <laughs> but see, that's what I'm And I like about. being alone. But that is I mean, you're right. I mean, okay. it never even occurred to me that that was a sacred space for me.
6: And so here's another characteristic that you're modeling for us, and that is your sacred space is a place where you're alert, okay, okay? not asleep. A sacred space is not nap time. It's when you're restful, but alert. So you're sitting there, you're relaxing, you're enjoying, you're letting. Are down. you usually
1: by yourself? But usually, okay. Usually.
6: Uh, And then finally, a sacred space is restorative. So whether you're being stationary, like reading in the bath, or active, like gardening, whatever it is, it it rebuilds you. It just rebuilds you, and you know that. So the key is this. How do you create those sacred spaces? Well, first of all, you take your time with them, like you were saying about home building. You take your time with them because these things tend to evolve. So you just kind of track yourself. How am I interacting with this space? How can I make my ritual in this place a little bit better? Um, you, you, so you start to be aware of your ritual behavior. It's a really good idea in your space, no matter what it is that you declutter it, that you eliminate distractions and that's so that you can create focus on the thing you actually want to focus on. So you probably don't have the TV on while you're reading the paper on Sunday morning, right? But I do look at the poster of Vishnu. Okay. There you go.
1: Yeah.
6: Uh, and you want to, and, and part of this of eliminating distractions and focusing is you want to enhance, and this is an architectural concept, the hierarchy of priorities. Okay, explain that. All good art presents itself in a hierarchy of importance. In other words, anytime you look at the Mona Lisa, everybody who has ever looked at the Mona Lisa has always looked at the same point on the Mona Lisa first. Okay. You are captivated by her face, her smile. But then it's you, always a smile. Then, secondly, you move down to her hands. Right. And then, third, it kind of lets you go and you start looking at what's behind you. That's because built into that painting is a hierarchy of, of importance. And so, in your sacred space, whatever that is you want to control that environment so that the most important thing right up front and then secondarily this and that and the next thing so it's designing a sense of hierarchy so there aren't that many things to look at all at once and do
1: do and, you build when fa- you're when you're remodeling do you build it or does it happen uh, you don't even know where it is until you discover it well one of the
6: things that Kind of sets me apart, I guess in in my distinctiveness as a designer is the enormous amount of time and energy I particularly spend with a client trying to figure out. I always talk about their story. I am trying to figure out where it is that they're going to spend their space, and I design to now, it. you
1: had one last thought before I interrupted you.
6: Oh, the last thought is just uh and, and these are kind of no brainers, but you don't necessarily think in these terms when you're remodeling, and that is as you are designing your sacred space you engage all the senses. So you think about sight, what you're seeing, sound, what you're hearing, uh what you're smelling, the coffee, what you're tasting, what you're touching as all of this is going on the whole sensory thing because that is part of what the uh, environment around you kind of sets yeah. you up for did it, i miss that the part
4: where you told dean that your sacred space is your bathroom with a library in that's, it
6: that's one of my sacred places. that is one i've seen yeah, it. yeah. i've been there that's so true. i have we're been not to really, the holy of holies that's true we're
4: not really in, concerned with all our senses when we're in handles actually sacred space
6: actually well, you'd be surprised we would probably shut down some of our senses <laughs> right. while we're in that space. yeah right.
1: but it really is for, for Bill? I, I have a couple of them that's true and then there's a whole history behind it legitimately Uh, But I don't want to get into that because uh, I spent enough time with my therapist talking about that stuff. All right, Shannon.
4: I didn't know you were in therapy. I've been in therapy my entire life. (laughs) That gives me hope. I
1: I support my therapist therapists. Okay. Shannon.
4: Yes, sir. What's going on today? Oh, there's so much to talk about. We've got North Korea detainees coming back. We've got Michael Cohen getting money from the Russians. The governor's debate last night was pretty damn good. Did you hear Travis Allen's line of the night? No. If you can't trust Gavin with his best friend's wife, can you trust him with California? Oh, yes. God, I love that. Uh, We've got Turpin News. More details about those Turpin kids, what they went through, what their mother went through when she was a child as well. And Matt Lauer is admitting to his. Uh, Picadillos. Yeah, sure. Why not? We'll go right there.
1: For sure. Picadillos. Uh, yes. OK, so that's coming up with Gary and Shannon. Dean uh, is heard every Sunday from nine to 11 o'clock uh, in the morning. It's a show you don't want to miss. So obviously, Gary and Shannon, you don't want to miss. OK, I'm, I'm reading
6: that, by the way. I'll be on Just with a, Gary and Shannon at 1130. Oh, on that's Friday. right.
1: Every uh, f- uh, Friday, right? You're on with Gary and Shannon. That is right. OK, you got it. And that's it. I'm done. Uh, back again tomorrow. And uh, Gary and Shannon coming up. Uh, Shannon, you have a good show, my Thank dear. Thank you, sir. Handle and the morning crew, KFI AM 640.